Welcome in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I'm your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my co-host, Wayne Breezy Brown. Today, uh, we're looking at July 3rd. Hopefully, you're going to get this episode out today because there's plenty of stuff going on, and we'll get into that in a moment. Wayne, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, things are going well. Uh, the summer's officially here. It's officially hot, hot on the East Coast. Uh, the the humidity's in the air, and it's about time for us to act like we're miserable folk over here on the East Coast. So if you get a little attitude from us, it's because the humidity is is out and pumping. Yeah, every day I ask myself, why am I so sticky? <laughs> that's what it feels like, man. You start to get like the stickiness on the back of the knees. Yep. That's how you know how summer's really arrived. It's really when you start sticking the pleather. But <laughs> besides the weather and the heat and how disgustingly sweaty we might get, um, it's the start of free agency, essentially. Uh, starting on June 30th, uh, we've seen some moves happen. Uh, for the Celtics specifically, uh, right off the bat, they've made a couple nice moves, small moves, but moves that kind of give an idea of what the long-term plan is, uh, at least for the next couple of years. Kristaps Porzingis, they inked to a two-year uh, $60 million extension. Big thing with that is, is that they saved about $17.5 million, so KP absolutely took a pay cut with that, and that's great for the Celtics. It means two things. One, he's fully invested uh, in what this team can do. And two, it gives them a little bit of flexibility in terms of how they're looking at the financial landscape. You've seen some guys take some pay cuts. Um, Demonte Sabonis inked a big extension with the Kings, took a little bit of a pay cut. So want to see how that kind of affects how other guys approach this moving forward. Uh, they also signed O'Shea Brissett. Um, he's a wing, 6'7", I believe. Uh, just turned 25 in June. And he was, if you don't know him, uh, go back and watch the uh, Pacers versus Celtics game because he ended up hitting like six threes against them. <laughs> and he looked pretty good doing it. So that's what I remembered him from uh, previously with the Toronto Raptors. And most recently, news broke today um, that the Celtics came to terms with uh, Delano Banton. Um, he plays with the originally was with the Raptors. Uh, they did not uh, sign his qualifying offer. So he hit free agency. But both him and Brissett signed for two-year contracts, which I found to be interesting. And this is a big guy. He's technically a point guard. Uh, 6'7", listed on Wikipedia. I've heard he's 6'9", on Twitter, so I don't know if that's shoes on, shoes off, post-draft growth. There's got to be some thick soles. Yeah, I don't know, man. But two they, inches. They started doing that recently. The past few years, they started doing measurements without shoes on because guys were lying about their height. KG's talked about this before. Uh, KD talked about this as well. Durant notoriously lied about his height, so he didn't get forced to play center at the uh, NBA level. Ah. But uh, Benton is interesting. Um 23 is going to be 24 in November. He's huge for a point guard. And it makes you wonder um, what else is going. But before we get into the what ifs of that, uh, what do you think of these moves so far? They're minor, I know, but uh, I like them so far. I mean, the, the Celtics are are looking for ways to, you know, bolster up their roster and, and bringing guys, probably young guys, like they're keeping the team young and keeping the team fresh. And they're going to compete against some of these younger guys that we have on the squad. You know, summer balls around the corner and we're going to see what it's like to bring in some of these, these young guys to see what they can add to the team. Who can stand out? What are, uh, will they be able to like, you know, I, I guess mix and kind of like mingle with the core of the team. And and I think that these pieces are just extra pieces to add. You know, what are we going to get from these guys? I'm not really sure. I mean, like they don't have a lot of, you know, 
well, I would say Brissett has a little bit more history as far as experience in the NBA. Uh, when, you're looking at, when I'm looking at his stats and I saw what he was able to do, some of his highlights and things like that, I mean, he seems like he's a a, a person that can be one of those kind of like gritty type of players and, 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 and do some things, you know, for the Celtics to keep uh, plays and stuff alive. And then when you look at the, the young kid in, in Banton, you know, this is a tall point guard, right? So 6'7 or 6'9, it doesn't matter. Like, this kid is tall for a point guard, period. Like, like that's length, that's size, that's kind of what the Celtics are looking to do. They're looking to bully up these younger, quicker point guards because there are a few. The Celtics have to deal with the Knicks guys and and some of these other teams where they got those young, quick guys, and and we're looking to get body. And again, this kind of fits that, you know, length type of situation we were talking about on the other show. Like, look, guys are playing these passing lanes. You go ahead and try to pass these balls. These guys got these lengths and their arm lengths, their wingspans. They're going to try to, def- you know, deflect these passes and create turnovers and get easy buckets in transition. So I like what the, what, you know, the Boston Celtics are doing as far as adding some of these type of players. Will they make this, you know, will they be as far as, you know, what's the word? Will they be prominent on makers? Yeah. Like, will they be, I don't know, but if they can give you one game, two games, three games where they are the difference maker, I think that's what the Celtics kind of like need to get over, you know, this hump and, you know, we'll see again, young depth. You know, I'm I'm only curious about people's health and how well they can come in here and can they be healthy and give us healthy stints of basketball and things like that? Because it seems like for the Boston Celtics, they get always get to the finish line, but they can't ever finish. And it's not because of skill set. It's not because of lack of defense. It's not because of lack of hustle. It's not because the three pointers aren't always falling. It's because they end up lose getting injured <laughs> like you know and it's an and, inability right right like it's every year every year <laughs> injury man. i so. don't think there's been a single team that's like gone through without getting some kind of injury luck whether it's i know, agree i agree look at the raptors run too right like the raptors going against golden state in the finals golden state dealing with I, all of the right. injuries they had i mean like I guess it, it, from the perspective of teams that are winning and end up winning championships, you have to kind of find ways to avoid those injury issues down the line. It's the that timing means, for us, bro. It's timing and it's like the depth, right? It's like you yes. want to be able to give guys more rest. And I think what the common trend is for the Celtics for the past few seasons is they haven't had a lot of regular season bodies to eat minutes. I think Brissett gives you that. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and no, pretend to know a lot about Banton, but you're going to be able to – give these guys some minutes. I guess my question is the timing of everything. So we already know that Malcolm Brogdon was supposed to be traded to the Clippers. Uh, as part of that, Kristaps Porzingis deal that fell through because of not being able to get a physical done on time for Brogdon. So the Clippers kind of moseyed on out of that. Now it looks like the Clippers are re, uh, re-engaging in talks with Brogdon. I don't know where those are going. There's not been a lot of talk on it. Um, it's just interesting, funky stuff going on. I mean, Porzingis obviously signed that extension. You landed him in Boston. Now it's kind of like, what's the next big shoe to drop? I know Adam Himmelsbach of Boston Globe uh, wrote a piece talking about the Celtics kind of having this treasure trove of picks again, where they've got control of all of these first rounders. They added more picks, a bunch of second rounders, some sweeteners, and then they got that Golden State pick for next season. Um, We've already talked about the protections on it and stuff, but all likelihood that pick is going to convey next year, um, barring some insane dropout. But 
the Celtics are positioned with assets and contracts to make things happen. And they went out and they added another guard. Now, like, does Banton slide to your fourth guard spot where now you've got you've got Brogdon, you've got Derek White, um, you've got J.D. Davidson. Is he going to stay on a two way or going to upgrade him? You've got you know, you got to think about Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard yeah. is Pritchard now your guard off the bench. Um, it, it really depends on how they go about their starting lineup, but it does feel odd. Yeah. When you think about the grand scheme of things, right? Because I, the thing we got to chew our teeth into is the Dame Lillard stuff. Because whether we think it's good or not, Dame Lillard's on the market. And it feels like as soon as that stuff happened, as soon as Dame news came out on Saturday, we heard nothing new, really. There was a couple minor moves here and there, guys signing extensions. But... It's like the moves got the bigger moves got put on hold. Right? Exactly, yeah. And 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 for the Boston Celtics, I mean, to find out that they're they're making calls, they're one of the teams, which I feel like I mean, there's not that many teams making calls for for Dame, but the fact that the Celtics are one of those teams, I throws kind of like a little. I don't know if it's a good wrinkle or a bad wrinkle, but it kind of throws a wrinkle in the in the game plan because now. It makes me curious to know, well, if they get Dame, are they going to have to move Brown? And that's the tricky question, Ugh. right? So Crispy Haynes is the first one who came out with the report saying that Lillard was requesting out. He's kind of been really, really close with Dame, actually. And Dame has said as much on like Instagram Live and everything. He said this weeks back. But they have got a close relationship. Uh, Haynes is very tight in. But Woj also had it as well following that. Miami's been named the destination that he wants to go to. But this is a different situation than what happened with Kristaps Porzingis, where he had an opt-in and he got to kind of be like, all right, well, I'm going to opt-in if you send me to this team. And the Wizards sort of had their hands tied. And then you look at the situation with Beal, where he had a no-trade clause, which is a rarity in the modern NBA. He was able to say, I want to go to this team. This is where I want to go. I will waive my no-trade clause and my trade kicker to go there. And they made that happen. For the Celtics now, to get in on this Beal stuff or um, to get in on this Dame Lillard stuff, they might not have to give up Brown, but if they do, they're going to by far have the best offer on the table. You do have to look at the long view of it because of the money. This new CBA is going to punish anyone who tries to tame for trade for Dame without like giving exactly. a major salary. And that's the tricky part, right? And from a Celtics perspective, as soon as you ink Jalen Brown to an extension, that basically takes him off the table in a trade. So I don't think that that happens. But hmm. the fact that that hasn't happened is weird. The fact that we haven't heard really any news on Jalen Brown, even just like loose terms, because they can sign it wherever. People are like, well, he's in Europe right now. Or, you know, he was in Saudi Arabia briefly. Um, all of that stuff, they can do it online. <laughs> like that, Absolutely. That's, that's not stopping them from either agreeing to terms or putting pen to paper. So like, I don't think that's the holdup. But it's been eerily quiet around the Celtics. Um, you know, this Banton move, okay. Other than that, what else have we seen? It's like nothing. It's a ghost town out there right now. Well, I think, I mean, the Celtics made it, made it evident that they're looking to try to get this, you know, Jalen Brown deal done, right? That's something that they, they want to do as a team, as an organization. And I don't think it's, it's, it's you know, I think it's kind of like on Brown right now, right? I think he's kind of like just at that point where he's just taking this well-deserved break and he's going to break. And I, I need the Celtics nation to, like, respect the break, 
you know? Because it's a mental thing, right? And I know it's tough because we want to build our team and we want to know how we're going to be looking going forward. And I know it's hard, but, you know, you know, from the vitamin C crew, you know, me, pretend, just, just allow them to break. I, I guarantee things are being talked about and it's just going to take a little time. And give it the time because we want the deal to be right. I know a lot of fans don't want him to be the highest paid player like in the NBA. But listen, it won't I be just, for long. It won't be for long. I mean, it's it just won't be for long, guys. It's the way of the world and the NBA. It's the way the, the salary cap is now. It, the NBA is worth so much more money. It's not like how it was. I just saw an Instagram post oh, of God. LaMelo uh, Ball's contract. And how he's making probably almost four times what Michael Jordan's salary was. And there's no way in hell of heavens on earth and anywhere else is he a better player than Michael Jordan, but it's the new NBA. Like, you get what I'm saying? So, like, it's all relative to it's what just the salary all relative. cap is. It's just relative. So I just want people to understand that because I know a lot of fans, I don't want to make him the highest paid player. He's not even the best player. It, it doesn't matter. Like the Celtics have the opportunity to offer him a super max. He he made the all NBA, the second team is all NBA player. They're going to offer him whatever that number is. His agents have to agree on that number. Once that number is agreed, the deal will get done. But in the meantime, I'm just more focusing on what who we have and how we're going to build from that. I believe in my heart that the Jalen Brown deal will get done. As far as this Dame stuff, interesting for me because I'm just like, well, if you don't have to move Brown, are you moving Brogdon, maybe Pritchard, and a couple of first-round picks? I mean, is that... So the tough thing is the salary, right? And this is, again, this is where if you try to trade for Dame without giving up a significant piece, like you are screwing yourself salary-wise because... Right, because Dame is 30... So he's 32, he'll be 33. What's um, his salary for this year? Is it... Oh, it's not in the forties, right? Earlier. Oh, I still got the window up because I wrote a piece about this earlier for Celtics blog. Look at you! Um, just aggregating stuff because B Rob had some good stuff on it too. And if I could pull up some bits from that, um, no, he's not getting paid in the thirties this year. Um, he's getting a uh, forty-five point six four. So forty-five point six million, almost. Okay, 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 okay. Wait a minute. We have to play the game because Brogdon's salaries is not even thirty. So that twenty-two doesn't, point five. That's not be, even. Close it's, to 30. It's multiple pieces. So this Damn. is the thing. Is it would be, if it's not Jalen Brown, these are a couple of the deals that he put together. And by he, I mean B-Rob. And if you haven't read this piece, you should. Um, great work by him. Shout so out Brian to B-Rob. Proposed, I love B-Rob. I'm always going to talk about B-Rob. So it Got to get him on the show. <laughs> I can see what I can do. I can see what I can do. Um, so it was Malcolm Brogdon. It was Peyton Pritchard. Luke Cornett. Oh, it's um, multiple players. It has to be multiple players just because of the Those. way that the deal is structured. Just because the biggest thing is the contract matching, right? Correct. Because you can't take on any more money. If you trade for him now, you have to somehow manage this cap situation because you have to go underneath um, that second apron. You can't get pushed over it because then you start triggering some of the uh, potential penalties. Correct. Yeah, so here it is. And you probably aren't going to like this. This is one of the offers oh, that he put together. Sugar. So it's Brogdon, 
Peyton, Luke, Robert Williams, salary filler. So that would probably be like Champagne or something like that. Um, three future first round picks and additional picks slash swaps or second round picks for Dame Lillard. That's what that's what a deal would look like. That's one of the other ones. Another one would be Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, three f- first round picks, three future first rounders. Or it's a offer three that he had was a three team trade involving Jalen Brown going to a different destination. See, now, I'm not feeling B or C. No I, one's ever feeling B or C. Like, I get that. I get but, that. But, but A is interesting. Go back to that option A. Okay. Robert Williams. Who were the other people? Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, and then probably some kind of filler contract around $1 million or so. Um, that's what it would take to make that deal go through in terms of what the salary is right now. So that would be um, mo- most likely it would be like a guy like Champagne, where it's just a throw in. So, sort of like what happened when they traded for Brogdon, where they threw in like Nick Stauskas, Nick St- where it's yeah. clearly just like just money. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't oppose to that. I, 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 if that's what the Celtics offered, I'm not saying that the Trailblazers would take that deal. If I'm the Trailblazers, I may not take that deal. It's not the deal I would want because, but then again, if if they're, look, who are, they just drafted this young phenom. Yeah, they got Scoot Henderson. They've already got Anthony Simon. They got Simon. Is it time to move on from Dame and then let them, so do they want the supplemental uh, pieces, the role-playing pieces, the NBA six-man of the year, like that, like those type of prominent pieces. Maybe that's what they're looking for because they got Anthony Simmons maybe budding into one of the next NBA's all-star, superstar type of players. And then you got this young kid who is going to come in and probably, you know, light the, light the league on fire. Mm-hmm. Probably, though. We don't know. So, I mean, that they may entertain that deal. But it all depends on what the hell these other teams are going to offer. So, like, if I'm the Celtics, I may offer deal A. But now my, my question is this, right? We get Dame. Say it happens. Like, how does Dame make the Boston Celtics better? I mean, for one, you have to account for him on offense. He's an incredible three-point shooter. Um, he's From probably, anywhere on the court, too, by the way. I mean, how many other shooters can you put above him besides Steph? I'm, I'm with you. And that's, that's really what it is, is he's an insane shooter. Um, in terms of contested three-point shooters, his shooting percentage is like off the charts. Um, obviously, incredible offensive talent, um, capable of creating for others. Is one of those guys, again, that takes some of the playmaking pressures off of a guy like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, if he's still here. And it balances your roster out if you were to, let's say, move on from a guy like... Um, you know, if you move on from Jalen Brown, I mean, it, it gives you an opportunity to balance your roster. I don't think that they, I don't think they offer Jalen Brown unless they have to. And mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that's totally expected and fair when you're looking at what other teams can offer. I think Tyler Harrow would be a piece that they would get from Miami, from Miami. if that were to happen. And Interesting. It, they would probably have to reroute into a different team. And it would be the same thing if they did that with uh, Jalen Brown. You know, I think Jalen Brown would get rerouted because they're going to be in a rebuild. Now, if they were to give that offer a, that Byron Rob was talking about, at least you could try and flip Brogdon down the line for other pieces. Uh, there's definitely going to be someone who's going to be interested in him. Heck yeah. Um, so like, that's the thing. 
and you're getting a guy like Peyton Pritchard, who's from Oregon, played for the Oregon Ducks. You know, he still loves to play in Portland whenever he can. Obviously, we know that he played at the Portland AM um, basketball competition before and scored like an insane amount of points. But it it's the picks that make a difference here. And Portland has made clear, Wojnarowski said as much too, Woj reported on this, they're not going to just take Miami's deal because that's where Dame wants to go. This is... This is the opportunity. This is like a big franchise trade. This is a franchise-altering trade. You're giving up the face of the franchise that's been with you guys for over a decade. You have to hit on that trade. You can't settle in order to make him happy. You can try to be accommodating, and I think they'll, they'll do that the best that they can, but they have to get the most out of this deal. So if there's a trade with Miami, it's going to need to involve a third team where some of these assets might get dumped off to. Dumped. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're not going to be able to just trade away like Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson and filler and picks to go get Dame Lillard. It's just not going to happen because if you're Portland, you can't, you can't settle for that. You just okay. can't. I mean, and, and I guess my other question is, um, you know, with Dame and, and you, you gave all these great things uh, about him and what he can do. Like, will that take away from, you know, what the team is looking to, you know, would that take away from the, from the Jays? Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that the Jays will remain here in Boston. I think that mm-hmm. those are your pillars. You build around them. I feel like for the Celtics, if they can find a way to acquire a piece like Dame, then they'll go for it. Like, why not? That's what this league is all about. You take your shot, you shoot your shots, you get it, you get it. If you don't, you're happy, you know, you're content and, and happy where you are, but obviously you would be a, you would be dumb not to go for that shot, but does he take away from that? And you talked about how he adds and things like that, but I'm talking about as far as like, you know, these kids are coming into their prime. And so like Jalen Brown already wants the ball. Tatum wants the ball. How do you think that might change it up a little bit if he is here? I don't think it'll change too much with what Tatum's doing. I think the two man game will be fine. Cause I think if you're doing a two man game between Tatum and Lillard um it's a whole different situation oh my god I mean because I mean well because you, you we saw what they were able to do when Kyrie was here and everything yeah, was you know proven everything you know yeah. when everything was clicking and that was great but since then you know Tatum's obviously physically changed he's added on a lot of muscle he's added more wrinkles to his game his he's game much got more better. way better and he's a more complete player now for adding Kristaps Porzingis to the formula. You're mm-hmm. adding someone who's able to operate from the elbows. So you're going to have the ability to score at every level. You've got the mid-range. You're going to have the post there. You're obviously going to have the three ball. And if you're going to be a team that's so reliant on the three-point shot, adding a guy like Lillard makes a lot of sense because he's an elite three-point shooter. Now, I will also say, and this was part of the B-Rob piece because Mark J. Spears reported this, um, Mark J. Spears of ESPN and Anscape, he reported that Tatum was trying to recruit Lillard. Now, I don't think that this is necessarily signaling that Brown is gone or anything like that, but right now it seems like the team is trying to preserve any and all flexibility. So, like, Brown hasn't signed a contract yet. Again, as soon as Brown signs an extension, he comes off the table for any kind of trade talk. So I just find that part interesting. And the fact that Tatum is going out of his way to recruit, they understand like what they have to do now. I think the Celtics know, and I think Brad Stevens knows, that you're not guaranteed anything in the NBA. These Bingo. championship windows, they're not guaranteed. <laughs> they're not guaranteed by any means. So you have to structure your team and your roster 
especially with this new CBA in mind. And I keep going back to that because it's changing uh, everything. It's going to change everything. And I mean, you, you're seeing a lot of guys, I mentioned Sabonis, but there's plenty of other guys who are taking less money um, in order to try and make sure their teams are better. Grant Williams, when talking to the public, talking about signing an extension or signing a new deal with the Celtics, because he's a restricted free agent. They tendered a qualifying offer to him. There's been murmurs of other teams like the Mavericks and the Hornets having interested in him. Um, but there's been no deals or offers that have come out about that yet. But he's also understanding that, hey, because of this new CBA that me, as one of the members of the Players Union, agreed to, we now have a different salary sheet to work with, which means that it might change my number at the end of the day. I might have to take a whole lot less than I was hoping for because the money that these teams are going to be trying to spend needs to be allocated properly. And that doesn't mean like you're seeing some guys get crazy money. You're seeing some guys get stupid money. Like the funny thing was like Twitter was crap in the bed. And, I, and then I started to see some of these rockets moves and some of them were like, Oh, that's yeah. a really solid move. Like Fred Van Vliet, that's a good amount of money, but like, that's a good <laughs> signing. And then I missed like the part where they traded like KJ Martin for like pennies. <laughs> and then they gave like a massive contract to Dylan Brooks. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to rescind that tweet that I was like, your rockets are making solid moves. I'd like deleted that tweet so quickly, but guys are, some guys are going to get dumb money. Some guys are going to be fine. Um, some teams are going to say, screw the cap and they're going to deal with the repercussions later. And pay but, the penalties. Yeah. And it, it prevents you from a lot of different stuff. Um, so from like the Celtics perspective, because they're trying to contend for a championship, they're being really, really wary of that second apron. So if if they can get Jalen Brown to agree to less than the Supermax, and I don't know if they can, but if that's an option and that's why they haven't had him extend yet, who knows? But Do you it, think that – see, that's – the players – I've had this argument, mm-hmm. and this came, this came up in the argument. You know, Tatum and Brown should take less money. Now, see, I get that. Uh, at a certain point, though, because you're asking these young men that work their ass off to get this Supermax deal mm-hmm. to take less money. The players you mentioned and the players that this particular person mentioned at the time, you know, they were kind of like players that were kind of like in their tenure of basketball. Like they were still great. They still could produce, but they probably had got their Supermax already, right? Like they were mm-hmm. on that next tier like you just mentioned Sabonis I feel like Brown and Tatum haven't experienced that but do you feel maybe they should take less you know than than this Supermax deal that's going to come up to to make this team that that dynamic because I don't remember Curry I don't remember any of these other players Durant did Durant did Durant Durant took a pay cut when he went to Golden State so okay and like that's the thing is like but, I think but, it's was that situations. that's not his soup, but he had made his super max already, right? And OKC, yeah. So he had the ability to sign. This is before the super max extension actually existed. Okay, so um, see how it's different. My bad, yo. So like I, no, I get no, it. Like these, good. it's these new rules. They keep changing on us. And so like with this new apron you're talking about, and this new CBA is making the super max weird. And I get it. It's so just crazy. The Supermax was originally intended to allow teams like smaller market teams, like, say, perhaps oh. the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks, OK. Yeah, like the Milwaukee Bucks to keep guys like Giannis. And it, it allowed, you know, guys to go over the cap and pay the maximum amount of money. So if there was a player like a superstar player that played for a team like 
Minnesota or Utah, um, they would be able to pay them that big contract. They wouldn't be able to get that money anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be a financial incentive to keep guys. But now it almost feels like with this new CBA, you're going to have to limit how many of those Supermax contracts you can give out. Bingo. And, I mean, like with Sacramento, like Sabonis taking even just a partial pay cut, wherever the amount is, because I don't know what it was off the top of my head. He still took a pay cut. If you can get Brown to do that, great. If you can get Tatum to do that, great. Um, I don't expect either of them to do that, but you never know. I I, I won't sit sit here and pretend to know what they're thinking, but they know that they've got something special here. And I don't think I agree. I don't know. It's it's tricky to say what's going to happen with JB. I just have the feeling that something is cooking, and I don't know if it means that JB is going to be here long term or not. Okay. I just find it so weird that we haven't heard anything. Nothing. Not even like really. The only thing we heard was Himmelsback being like, "They're not really in a rush to get any deals done. They really haven't discussed any terms. Like nothing." And it's it's weird only because they've had so long to talk about it and to figure it out. And we know ultimately what that final figure could be. So the fact that they haven't done that is just weird unless they're planning something else that we don't even see coming. Like it's just going to come from the top rope out of nowhere. See, I don't, I don't know if I label it as it being weird when things are changing and shifting. You just, we just talked about a whole bunch of different scenarios and the way the new CBA is going to hit and, and 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 how these supermaxes are probably going to work going into the near future. This might not even last long, but going into this season, this is how it is, right? And and then this new CBA. But but what if that's the holdup? What if the language and that is the holdup? And then what if, you know, what if they are asking Brown, listen, Brown, we we got a chance to get Lillard, this guy, and then we'll have the super team if you're willing to take less now i'm not saying he won't i i think you said you said it best like i just don't expect these guys to do that but if they did that it'd be a great thing because i i I can tell you this right now let's say jalen brown doesn't (laughs) and whatever and we don't win the next year and then tatum does it and we add another there's gonna be a whole nother story on brown not doing what's best for the team and tatum doing it, it's never ending. I swear, I pick the teams with the drama. That's just how I am. It's how it is. But it's just, I just feel like we got to be fair to these guys. They work their behinds off to get to this point in their career. And I don't think as a regular person, we really know what it takes for them to get to that level. It takes yeah. te- it takes team. It takes hard work. It takes like practice, practice. It just takes a lot so they got, you got to you got to expect them to accept that pay date if they if they earned it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that's all I'm saying. I if he takes less, man, Jalen Brown high fives all around because that means that but I tell you what, if he does take less, the Celtics better make sure that that plan and getting whoever that other player is is intact cuz that yeah. will piss Brown all the way off. Yeah, again, I don't think Regardless of what moves might come, if they're making a big splash, they'll definitely do it before any kind of extension um, would happen with JB, as long okay. as it's not like an out- outgoing piece. Um, that's just realistically what I think, just because they've already got them under contract. So we'll see what happens with it. But again, it just feels like there's so much uncertainty. Like I, <laughs> I'm going to get this episode out so fast because I just think that something else is going to happen. And I just <laughs> don't know when. So Let's it's like, get it out. Everything else is on pause right now across the NBA until this Lillard situation gets solved. But, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Quick percentage uh, before we jump off here. 
Damian Lillard to the Celtics. What, what, what is your percentage off the top? I'm at I'm like gonna, a 25% type of I was going to say, I'm probably at like 30%. Damn, you're higher because, than me. <laughs> yeah, not not by much because they just don't... I think they've got the best offer and the fact that there's nothing going on with Jalen and we haven't heard anything about it just makes it just like a little fishy. Because even if it were a situation where he's not getting dealt to the Blazers, like I could see a third team getting involved in being at like Atlanta and sending I know, see. sending him to hit Brown Atlanta, to Atlanta. Yeah. where he would definitely re-sign because, you know... In terms That's of the home. assets and picks, yeah, I mean, it just would make sense. But interesting, yeah, interesting. With that, <laughs> with that, we'll wrap up for today. Um, this has been the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Um, we'll probably catch up with you guys as soon as we hear any more big news. But until then, uh, stay frosty. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com/slash/Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sports book.